As many of you know, I have a pizza tour business in Chicago, and while a lot of our guests love to indulge in the raw bulk sausage that's pinched and pressed onto our pies before baking, not everyone eats pork. Thank goodness Fontanini has the solution, chicken and beef meatballs. They're always mixed with ricotta and house-grated Romano, along with their blend of herbs and spices. Fontanini only uses select cuts of chicken and beef, offering their customers more choices no matter what their religious or dietary restrictions. This summer, you'll also see them halal certified, so go ahead and throw them on your naan with some tikka masala sauce. Get a free sample of the new chicken and beef meatballs at fontanini.com slash pizza city, or go to Fontanini brand on Instagram and click the link in the bio to let them know you heard about it from Pizza City. I think she's done this as a personal preference, but I like it when it's melted and has like little mottled bits of browning on it, you know, from anywhere from a dark brown to almost a black. I love, I think on a Neapolitan pizza, that would be a defect. It would be overdone and burned. Back in 2003, there weren't many people writing authoritatively about pizza regularly. Adam Kuban was though, and it's one of the reasons he became the OG on the internet, especially as it related to New York style pizza. The writer became the go-to source for many pizza lovers, seeking information and constructive criticism. First Slice, then at Serious Eats, and now mostly on Instagram. I sit down with Adam Kuban over a couple of slices on the Lower East Side. That story, straight ahead. We need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And welcome to another edition of Pizza City, everybody. Great to have you along with us. We are in Amsterdam this week. I'm on vacation, actually, uh, checking out some pizza places here as we go into the taping for this week's show. Um, Just FYI, not a lot of great pizza here. We did look at a place called New York Pizza. There are several of those around the city and walked inside, saw the display case, took a look at the crusts um, and turned around and walked outside which is probably what my guest on this week's show would have done based on our conversation of how he assesses pizza. Adam Kuban, one of the OGs certainly in the sort of pizza writing world uh, in New York City, originally from the East Coast, uh, but his father is from Milwaukee, so he's got a little bit of that Midwestern blood in him. Um, We talk at length this week about pizzas, uh, how to to cover pizzas, what the, the scene like has been in New York City, uh, he actually will go into some detail and discuss some of his favorites. So you're going to want to stick around and listen to this show because if you have any interest in eating great pizza in New York City, Adam's certainly the guy to ask. Now, he and I have chatted every every once in a while on Instagram. Not a ton, but um, certainly since I've gotten into pizza uh, more full-time the last three or four years, uh, we've had a few discussions. And I just always wanted to meet him. And I really wanted to just ask him, for the benefit of our listeners, um, what what his thought process was and and some of his top recommendations in New York City. Uh, The places he mentions on today's show should absolutely become 
your de facto must-visit New York City pizza list. So I recommended a place a lot of pizza lovers in New York City gravitate to, Scars on the Lower East Side, um, just down the street from the Tenement Museum, by the way, if you're interested in a, in a cool tour about the Lower East Side. Uh, so we met outside of Scars. Uh, you have to eat outside, so they've got these little uh, temporary seats set up outside of the booths, and we, we chatted out there for our interview today. But we begin, as we do all shows, by asking our guest about his first pizza memory. My earliest pizza memory, I guess, would be making pizza with my dad, who was an aspiring pizza maker, an aspiring pizzeria restaurant owner at the time. This would have been, I don't want to date myself, the early 80s in the North Andover, Massachusetts area. So what style of pizza were they making there? What, what were you having, like a New York slice? Oh uh, yeah, so for that, I, my dad is originally from Milwaukee, as is my mom. I grew up all over the country though. Uh, we moved around a lot. Uh, which is why he wanted to recreate the pizza of his, I don't know, of his youth, but he wanted to recreate the pizza of his home. Well, that would have been Zafiro's for sure. Um, actually, it's Maria's. Oh, Maria's. Yeah. yeah. Maria's. So they do like a Sicilian there too. Uh, I don't know if they do a Sicilian. If they do, I've never had it. They do a thin crust pizza. I would say it has a lot in common with Chicago thin crust, being that it's just up the lake from Chicago. Uh, so very thin crust, pretty crackery. You bite it, it shatters. So let's go back to 2003, kind of started this officially. And even, you know, 2003 seems like three lifetimes ago. But um, you really were, you were a pioneer. So tell me what you were doing then. So 2003 was about three years after I had moved to New York City. Uh, I had always had this love for pizza. I always kind of wanted to write about pizza in some way. Uh, at some point I had in my mind, or even gone so far as to create a prototype zine, you know, like a little pizza zine that was photocopied and stapled together. Fast forward, this was like in the late 90s when I lived in Portland, Oregon, which is actually a big zine town. So there might've been a market for it there. You were living in the right place, certainly. Yeah. But uh, then I moved to New York in 2000, started eating around at all the pizzerias. And keeping... what was the scene like then in 2000? Oh. There was, I mean, the pizza scene, it was still pretty varied. I mean, not as much as we have today, but you had coal oven places, slice places, and a couple wood-fired oven places. But, you know, the wood-fired oven places were really going under the radar at the time. And did you feel like any of the cold places like Lombardi's, it's just overrated, it's been there for so long and it's just been overrun by tourists and kind of not caring pizzaiolos? Um, I didn't get that impression. I get. I knew like some of them, I think they ranked higher or lower depending on where you visited. And of course, like the big place people go online to talk about was Chowhound. And there would always be a huge discussion about, you know, which one had slipped, which one had seen better days. But, you know, as I'd come to learn through years of doing this is that you know a plate you have to go several times before you can determine if a place has slipped it could just be that they cooked it too long the dough just wasn't fermented enough or fermented properly that day there's so many factors that go into it tell me about you went from writing this slice to Serious Eats, and that was Ed Levine who used to write at the New York Times. 
Right. So I started Slice in 2003. It was kind of like a repository for all this pizza knowledge I'd been collecting. Like I said, I moved here in 2000. I started, you know, bookmarking URLs of different pizza intel, you know, from Chowhound. I would actually clip out with scissors articles from New York Magazine, the New York Times, etc. Probably Ed's seminal 2002 article in the Times. I think it was called 2002 State of the Slice. But anyway, once blogs kind of blew up mainstream in 2003 or so, uh, I said, oh, that's, that's how I can do the zine and get the distribution because now distribution is everywhere that somebody has an internet connection. I was the first single subject food blog on the internet. There might've been a hot dog blog and I can't remember his name. Gothamist and Gawker wrote about Slice. They were just like, ha ha, look at this, a, a pizza blog. Now I've seen everything. People are writing about pizza on the internet. <laughs> so that got us a lot of traffic and then we got some steady readership. Okay, so Serious Eats, Ed Levine starts this, he quits the New York Times, he starts Serious Eats. What are you doing for them? So Ed got the idea for starting Serious Eats. He approaches me with this idea about Serious Eats. You know, I want to create this food food website. I want you to help me launch it. I like the voice of, of Slice. And by that point, I was doing a blog called The Hamburger Today, which is like a sister site of Slice. It was Slice, but for burgers. Yeah, tell me earlier before we started recording, you said that you referred to the, the way you covered pizza was important, or at least Ed thought. Oh, Ed liked the way I covered pizza. He liked the voice of Slice. It was authoritative, discerning, and inclusive. And those were like the bywords that we came to use for serious eats. You know, pizza has just exploded around the country. Um, and the way people cover it and the way people write about it, have you noticed any change because of what, what's happened at Sirius, you know, what was started 10 years ago? It's a lot more bite-sized, it's chunked, and it comes to you out of context, I'd say. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with social media. I mean, we saw this, what we were doing, Slice and Serious Eats, a lot of the coverage we used to do, I mean, people don't remember, but blogs would be like, hey, look at this stupid link. Like, look at this. There's a pizza farm in Wisconsin. It grows wheat, tomatoes, and has cows for cheese. So that was like, now that's the kind of thing you would put on Twitter or do a Facebook post about, or now like do an Instagram story linking to this stuff. How do you approach it? Just on Instagram or do you blog about it? Like, what's your approach? I, I'm mostly doing Instagram and I, kind of keep in mind that whole idea that somebody might just see one Instagram post from me and might not know my whole backstory or like what the context of this post is. So I probably write, I mean, I take advantage of the entire caption space on Instagram. They're basically little blog posts. And I try to tell a self-contained story within that blog post, but then also like mention, you know, check out this hashtag if you want to know more or see my link in bio for whatever. And so part of the reason you do that long form is because you think that someone might just stumble upon you and might not follow you already and know that you're the pizza OG. It's almost like you have to build in your bio into the, into the post. That's interesting. All right, we're going to take a break. Um, yeah. When we come back, we're going to eat some pizza here at Scars uh, with Adam Kuban. I'm very excited about that to hear his take on how he assesses a slice. Uh, we're also going to preview some scenes for our next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us. Pizza City is brought to you by Baccio Cheese. Part skim. 
whole milk, buffalo or cow? Selecting the best cheese for your pie is one of the most important elements to pizza making. Baccio cheese is an exceptional Italian pizza cheese made with a secret, a kiss of buffalo milk. Made with high-quality, grade-A milk, it reheats beautifully and melts like a dream, stretching and pulling to give you those gorgeous cheese pulls that will be the envy of your Instagram feed. I've been loving the slices that I use. Uh, slice them pretty thin, but then place them on my deep pan, uh, my recipe that I got from Peter Reinhardt's book, and have been making sort of modified Detroit-style pizzas, but the cheese just melts perfectly. Are they using Baccio at Joe's in Wheeling, an old-school tavern joint in the suburbs, but also at Bonchi in the West Loop doing their Roman Altaglio. Bocci has just the right amount of creamy richness you'll find in the best Italian cheeses. And how does cash back sound? You'll get money in your pocket for every pound of cheese you buy with their Baccio Gold Club program. So here's the deal. Schedule a demo to try Baccio cheese today at no cost. Just go to BaccioCheese.com slash PizzaCityUSA. That's BaccioCheese.com slash PizzaCityUSA to learn more about your new pizza cheese. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're now eating some pizza with Adam Kuban here. This is probably a this is a pizza fantasy for a lot of the pizza insiders listening to the show. Um, Adam, we got a couple slices here. We had they had a Sicilian with sausage, and I of course asked the follow up question as everyone should: Are they slices like on the East Coast, or is it bulk raw sausage? And it's bulk, it's pinched and pressed, and it's got lots of fennel. I can see the fennel seed on it, which is fantastic. And then we just got a New York slice of cheese, and then a pepperoni, a little cup and char pepperoni. So I want to know what you're looking for. Now you've been to Scars obviously before. Um, what are you looking for in your slice of pizzas? Yeah, so for like, you know, it differs from style to style, of course, but a New York slice, the first thing I'm gonna look for is, you know, how well cooked is the cheese. Um, I think cheese doneness is a personal preference, but I like it when it's melted and has like little mottled bits of browning on it you know from anywhere from a dark brown to almost a black i love that about like cheese doneness uh, i think on a neapolitan pizza that would be a defect it would be overdone and burned but on a new york slice i want to see that different gradations of brownness uh, if i look at the crust i want to see along the rim a nice brown end crust or I, I think it's sacrilegious to call it a cornicione or however you pronounce it on a New York slice. That's for Neapolitan. But the end crust, I want to see it brown. I'm hoping it has like what they call micro blisters, like tiny little bubbles on the crust. Not the big puffy bubbles, but like tiny micro bubbles. Uh, micro blisters is a great name. I just, I never heard that one before. Yeah, I don't know who came up with it. I think it was probably on pizzamaking.com where this might have first been used as an indication of like a, a good slice or a good piece of pi good pizza like it has to do with the fermentation like was it properly fermented if you see the micro blisters you know there was like an active fermentation going i think right. always looking at undercarriage yeah undercarriage of course like you know i want to see a brown rim if the rim is pale like a a wan sickly pale color i don't want to eat it um, undercarriage, yeah, it looks great. It's, again, I want to see, like, I think um, Noel Broner of Slow Rise Pizza says he wants to see, like, four different types of brown on the undercarriage. Like, a maybe a light brown, a golden brown, a dark brown, and then, like, an almost charred, like, a black. 
know Scars, like, and his crew uh, are great at stretching. So you see it's pretty much flat throughout the slice, except at the rim where it's puffy. You don't want to see a wedge-shaped, like, when you look at it from the side, you don't want to see a wedge shape. You want to see it pretty much flat and then puffy at the edge. Uh, and as far as flavor goes, I mean, everything's subjective. I, these days, um, I like a saucier slice, and Scars is definitely saucier than most. Uh, but it's still very well in balance. There's not too much sauce. It's just, it's all in balance. Like with a New York slice, with any pizza, obviously you want that, the holy trinity of crust, sauce, and cheese to be in balance. We call that OBR, optimal bite ratio. Oh, perfect. Yes, optimal <laughs> bite ratio. You can use that. Um, the flavor of the crust, by the way, I'm just eating the plain crust now because we've gotten past all the cheese and sauce. Uh, delightful. Yeah, yeah, the crust is great. Well, Scars, you know, he's he's well known for like milling, for doing a blend of flour where he mills some of it in house, and then he gets uh, the rest of it, I think, from upstate New York. Tell me about the delineation in terms of the pizza knowledge and how you steer people for an A, this is at A Kuban, um, A-K-U-B-A-N on Instagram, versus a Scott's Pizza Tours, which is Scott Wiener, who I'm going to talk to on another show, make run before or after this one. But you guys know a lot about pizza, but you're different disciplines. Well, like, I think Scott's like the whole package, basically, in these days. Uh, you know, he runs Scott's Pizza Tours. He has done deep dive into the history of a lot of the New York places that he tours and now, like, history around, you know, the country and even around the world. Uh, not only history of the pizzerias, but of the equipment used to make the pizza, so the ovens, etc. So, so he's for, like, the super, super geek. He's like, yeah, yeah. Once, just for the mild pizza geek. Yeah, I'm probably mild pizza geek. I, I know enough to know where to tell you to go. Okay, well, now we're going to get to the part where people listening are going to want to know. This is why we have it at the end of the show to keep them on for the whole time, is to talk about some of your favorites in New York City, the places, the slices that haunt you. Um, I know I went to a place that haunted you called Philomena's in Queens, which I just loved. And people were like, "You, how'd you get out there? I'm like, I got on the 7 train and I dropped you off a block away. It's very easy to get to. Um, so tell me about some of your favorites. Scars, obviously, here on the Lower East Side because he just, he understands dough. Um, who else? A place called L'Industrie, or I guess if it's French, if you're pronouncing it in French, L'Industrie. Uh, it's a place in Williamsburg. Uh, funny enough, it was started by a Frenchman, but then Massimo Lavelia bought it, and he kind of revamped the pizza there. It's it's kind of like New York style, as channeled through the mind of an Italian. We've done a, we had him on the show, so look him yeah. up on our podcast. Yeah, who else? Oh, good. Uh, who else? Uh, right now, Mama's 2. And also been on the podcast. Great. And now you have to get Andrew Bellucci on your podcast. He, <laughs> he's got a place called Bellucci's in Astoria, Queens, which happens to be across the street from my daughter's school, which is so incredibly convenient for me because now I eat it two to three times a week. Anything on, on the island of Manhattan. Um, what about Sophia Pizza Shop? Oh, Sophia is great. I haven't been in ages, though. Are you adding to your parking right now? I'm adding to my parking, just making sure that I... We do it in Chicago, too, so it's okay. I get it. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, so um, you mentioned, okay, so those were in Brooklyn. Sophia's in New York, in Manhattan. Um, one or two more. Oh, yeah, Mama's Two's Manhattan. Uh, oh, well, you already got it, but Philomena's is in Queens. It's in Sunnyside. And, yeah, Steve's right. It's, like, right off the train. It's, like, three blocks from a train stop. The 7 train. It's very easy to get to. Fantastic pizza there. The guy I used to work at, uh, he worked at Polly G's for a little bit. That's where he learned dough. But he's long been cooking. He's has a fantastic sauce. I love his sauce. One of the things I'm always struggling with in New York is, you know, in Chicago, you go to a place you can get the one style they do. Um, some places do a couple styles. They don't do them very well. But then you, you get your, you know, I'm doing it with my New York slice. I'm doing a Detroit, whatever. Here, like you have to get a slice and a Sicilian if they're doing both because you really got to see what, else, what, what they're doing with both styles. They're so distinctive. Yeah, I would say that's almost like a factor of the last five to... I don't even want to say 10 years, like the last five years, I would say all these newer places that are opening and all the places that I just mentioned are fairly new within the last at least five to six years. People have upped their game here in New York. You have to almost do like two different styles and do them both well. Or I guess you could concentrate on one style and do it super well, but people who are doing, you know, New York style round pies, a lot of times will do a Sicilian. Uh, but it, used, it wasn't the case before. You would either be known for one or the other, and it was rare that a place would have both that were great. So now it's fantastic that this is happening, um, but also a little bit annoying because then you have to buy both and eat both. <laughs> That's a problem. I think like, the number one place like this is probably Mama's 2, where people are like, what should I get? And I was like, just get anything there that calls to you. The squares are out of this world. The regular pie, or what he calls the house pie, is fantastic. I couldn't decide between the two, although I mostly go for the house slice there, the round one. His, his squares are quite charred compared to the average New York slice. Yes, they really are. They're, they're very well done. Okay, I want to ask you one more question before the final question, yeah. and the penultimate question would be, um, I get the sausage thing about sausage in Chicago. You understand me because you know the dad was from your dad's from Milwaukee, and you understand the crumbled sausage. And I come to New York. Well, first I went to the pizza show, and they said the Fontanini people were saying, "No, we on the East Coast normally we sell the links, and they slice them onto the pie. They they par bake them. Um, they don't want all the fat to render out because they think they're going to overcook it." Um, as in the Midwest, there's always bulk sausages, you know, with lots of fennel. What, what's your thought on the sausage application on a pizza? Uh, my thought is you got to do bulk sausage. I don't like the little sausage coins. I look if they've got the display pies or I'll ask, just like you asked here at Scars, you know, do you do sausage slices or crumble the bulk? If it's slices, I just skip it and I get pepperoni. I love to hear that. Tell me about Margo. You got this great project called Margo Pizza. So for a while I was doing a pop-up called Margo's Pizza. It's named for my daughter. Her name is Margo. M-A-R-G-O-T. Margo's Pizza, all one word on Instagram. You can find it there. Or margospizza.com. Uh, but it's basically, it was a pop-up serving bar-style pizza. Um, bar-style, like East Coast bar-style. I would say within the last year or two, bar-style has really blown up. It's like all over Instagram now. Um, but the kind I serve is inspired by a little bit inspired by the South Shore of Massachusetts bar style. Uh, honestly, I've never actually had it. I still have yet to do a big pilgrimage and eat around in that triangle. How would you describe that style then? They're small 10-inch pizzas. They're perfectly round. They're cooked in a pan. 
my take on East Coast bar style is that they are all cooked in a pan. They're cooked in a pan up to a certain point, then they're de-panned, and then you throw them on to the hearth of the oven to finish them up. This is all past tense, you don't do it anymore? Uh, well, the pandemic hit and kind of put an end to it, and we'll see, in the future, maybe. I don't know. Okay, for for the last question, uh, we typically ask pizzeria owners or chefs, you know, to yeah. give us some advice, knowing what they know now. Since you're not really a pizzeria owner, but I'm going to ask you, knowing what you know now about the pizza business, the pizza, the world of pizza coverage, writing about a single subject like this, what would you have told your younger self before you decided to become the pizza blogger in New York City? Uh, actually, learn how to make pizza. Uh, the younger me running slice, I dabbled in making pizza but i didn't really do a deep dive into all the specifics behind fermentation and cheese distribution and cheese preparation like it took me a woefully long time to really do a deep dive and that's one of the major things i regret all right adam kuban you can find him on instagram at a k u b a n and if you want any any information about New York City pizzas, he's the guy along with Scott Weiner, as we mentioned earlier, for the tours. Uh, but check Adam out online. Adam, thanks so much for meeting me and having a slice. Thanks for having me. Coming up in two weeks, a trip across the pond to see how a London-based company uses a gas-fired rotating deck oven to make perfect neo-Neapolitan-style pizzas in two minutes, ten seconds. So we sort of basically took all the aspects we liked of pizza and tried to sort of merge them into, you know, our own sort of identity. So, you know, we've got, we like the spotted crust. We do like a long fermentation to, to make sure we get that. And we, we do cook quite high temperature. I'll talk with Nick Buckland, the owner of Yard Sale Pizza, about some of the unique toppings he has access to in London. That's in two weeks on September 17th. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend and rate us, please. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. We're at Pizza City USA on Instagram, and our website is pizzacityusa.com. That's where you can find information about our tours. We've got four public tours running every weekend through October. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song, and here's wishing you an optimal bite ratio always. Always.